Yes, this is Spice Radio 1200 AM. You're listening to The Morning Buzz with me, Natasha, with me, Mankaran and Marasia. The Salmons are back. Salmons, which migrate from 3,000 km, and now they're swimming upstream through fresh water to spawn, to have their babies, and we are super excited. Today, we Pacific Salmon Foundation, ki Tracy Green. A warm welcome to the show, Tracy. Oh, hi. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. It's a beautiful Friday morning. A little wet, but we're not going to complain. The salmon are back. And with the rains, you know, it's 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 kind of lifted my spirits that they're going to have a home to have their babies come and spawn. Tell us more about this. Yeah, absolutely. We were a few weeks ago, we were a little little concerned um, with the uh, recent drought. Uh, a lot of the creeks around the lower mainland were uh, dry. There was no water. And so uh, the recent rains um, have uh, brought salmon back. Uh, we think that they uh, probably were just holding out in the salt water waiting for the right conditions. Um, and now we have those conditions. Uh, and it's great, uh, great to see them uh, back in, in uh, big numbers. And for once, the Vancouverites won't be complaining about the rains. I know, right? We're always complaining about the rain, but I think this is the first time that um, I've heard uh, people, not just uh, my salmon uh, salmon friends, um, say that they're happy to see the rain and uh, uh, celebrating uh, uh, the return of salmon when they're when they're going on their walks and their hikes around. So, when we talk about the salmon's returning, where have they been? How long have they been away? Oh yeah, well salmon. Um, uh, there's there's uh, five different species of uh, Pacific salmon. Uh, so they're out in the ocean. Like once they're young and they uh, leave leave their stream, they head out to the ocean uh, for anywhere from one to seven years. And so they're up in the Salish Sea. Some of them go north. Some of them go uh, towards Japan, uh, and then they come back after that. Uh, uh, Pinks, for instance, uh, have the, the shortest life cycle, so so they are uh, back back within a year or two. Um, up to Chinook, which are the much bigger uh, salmon uh, species, um, and they can be out in the ocean for up to seven years. So um, they come back to spawn. They come back to their um, home creek, their natal creek, uh, and uh, they miraculously know where that is um, and um, come back to the the same or, or very uh, very close in location uh, creek and stream um, when they're ready to spawn. That's amazing. I mean, so many questions are popping in my head right now, Tracy. One is, yes, they, they move from freshwater to seawater. And how do they do that? Because as much as I know, fish that are in freshwater cannot survive in salty uh, ocean water. And here they are just moving back and forth. Yeah, salmon are definitely a unique, um, unique uh, fish that way. Uh, they have like a biological change when they um, uh, uh, spend time in fresh water. So their the eggs hatch. They uh, treat um, creeks and streams as almost a nursery. Uh, then they they undergo a, a physical change. You can actually um, see them looking a little bit different uh, by the time they're ready um, as as uh, fingerlings to go out into the ocean. They spend some time in uh, the estuary, which is not quite as salty, um, growing up, uh, getting a little bit bigger. Uh, and then their bodies are conditioned um, genetically to just go go into salt water, and that's where they become big, giant fish, uh, and then return. And then when they return, the amazing thing is, is so salmon are silver out in the ocean. 
but quite often the photos that we see um, are them brightly colored like sockeye red and green. So when they're ready to come back uh, to spawn to complete their life cycle, they undergo like another incredible change and their um, uh, their color changes. Uh, the males quite quite a, a sockeye pink um, chum will get like a, a bigger hump on their back. They get bigger teeth because they know that they're going to have to um, protect themselves or fight in their spawning grounds. Uh, and so they, they undergo this incredible biological change that triggers them to come home. So they are a unique fish that way. That's amazing. And how do they know that after going on this world tour that they've gone on an adventure, how do they know that they have to come back here? I mean, I can't get through Burnaby and Port Moody without a GPS. <laughs> well, yeah, it's pretty incredible. So not only do they have like this genetic a biological change that triggers that um that return that they're ready, you know, they're ready to um, spawn. Uh, we think that like once they they come back to the area, so for instance, they come back to the Fraser or the Bard Inlet, that they um, can smell the creek that they're supposed to to return home to their home creek. Wonderful. So um, minerals in the water, things like that, and it's it's quite incredible. They uh, uh, at the hatcheries around the Lower Mainland, um, you can see the the that they release the salmon coming right back to the point where they were released. Amazing. Now, climate change is having a huge impact on life as we know it. And last year saw the atmospheric river. This year was the drought. Now, to what extent has that impacted our salmons that are returning home? Yeah, well, the good news is salmon are resilient. Um, they are really um, smart fish that that have kind of honed their survival mechanisms over many, many um, generations. So uh, climate change is certainly um, a challenge for them uh, with the drought, uh, the, the floods that we saw last year. And so I think our part um, is really ensuring that we've got um, as much healthy habitat for them to come back to um, and just to make sure that um, we're, we're doing the best we can to make um, the, the creeks and side channels that they spawn in um, uh, habitable for them. Uh, so certainly with the flooding that we saw last year, um, that had some devastating impacts on salmon habitat. Uh, but um, uh, our organization, PSF, stepped up in 2021 to provide fish rescue, habitat recovery, hatchery repair to support um, the organizations that were, were doing some of the work on the ground during the floods. And so we're just going to keep a close eye on the forecast. Um, so in the event we have more flooding intensity. And then with the, um, the drought that we had, it's really uh, ensuring that we um, improve uh, fish habitat wherever it's needed so that when we do have rain, um, it's not spread out too thinly in, in, in the creeks and streams. And that's where your foundation, the Pacific Salmon Foundation, plays a very, very important role. We do, yeah. Um, certainly habitat restoration. Um, we work with many partners. There's over 300 organizations um, that uh, uh, help salmon uh, across BC that we work with that um, have many volunteers that are, that are out doing good work. So um, salmon habitat work, uh, we do research for salmon health. Um, as well as uh, salmon enhancement and conservation efforts. 
And of course, you know, the big story that's going to be this weekend is we've got COP27 that's going on. All these world leaders are going to get together for this climate summit, uh, for the summit. And as somebody, you know, who is working on an issue, definitely something that is impacted by climate change, do you find that we are making really good moves in tackling the issue of climate change? Well, um, as you know, I mean, climate change is a, is a huge issue with many um, facets, right? I certainly think that I certainly think from habitat restoration, um, there's always work to be done. And I think um, habitat restoration is really going to be an area um, around climate change that we we have to address and continually address um, to, you know, try to fortify and create um, uh, better places for uh, species like salmon um, to use and, and um, thrive in. Uh, so I think that uh, coupled with climate change is really this conversation of like, how do we fortify and how do we um, protect um, our natural environment um, against the impacts of climate change? So in the interior, we're seeing we're seeing things like forest fires um, have having devastating effects on um, not only the forest but also the riparian area, so the creeks and the streams. Um, with with uh, uh, when rains come, with with the results of the forest fire washing into those creeks and streams. So certainly climate change and, and salmon uh, uh, have a, a very connected relationship. And um, I think it's through um, habitat and, and just working on ensuring we, we have uh, a good, healthy habitat for them to come home to. Well, Tracy, before we let you go, where can our listeners find out more about the events? Where can they go and see the salmons? Is there a website that they can visit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a salmon spotting campaign uh, taking place right now. If you go to psf.ca, you can find our interactive salmon spotting map, and there's over 90 uh, public access family-friendly locations across the province, about 35 in the Lower Mainland, where you can see uh, salmon. So that's at psf.ca. And we're seeing salmon uh, coming home to Coquitlam, Burnaby, New West, Maple Ridge, you know, northwest down all across, all across Metro Vancouver. So it's a great activity to do this weekend um, with your um, with your family or your friends. Uh, even if it's raining, it's a good reason to get out into the rain. Um, yeah, and if um, we're really encouraging people through this campaign to also look into uh, local streamkeeper organizations in their communities and see if they can uh, volunteer. So again, at psf.ca, there's that information about where people can volunteer. That's wonderful. That's psf.ca, Pacific Salmon Foundation, Salmon First, Salmon Always. Tracy Green, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And you have a wonderful week ahead too. We were in conversation with spokesperson from the Pacific Salmon Foundation.